Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Activism Uncensored. Uh, what are we up to now, Josh? Episode 11? Uh, I don't know, episode 12. I think this is episode 11. I'm losing count. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've got some we've got some news to go over, haven't we, here? Uh, yeah. From today. We've got some stuff that's just happened. What's, what's today's date? Is today's date the 2nd of May? Yeah, it's the 3rd of May today. And yeah, right. there's um, something that's happened. Like we said in the previous episode, we were going to keep our eye on the new legislation that the, the police, uh, sorry, that the government were trying to get through. We've seen uh, quite a reaction, shall we say, today from the police, uh, despite the fact that this bill is like brand new. Uh, the government have been acting mm -hmm. as though uh, it's gone straight through. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So that was with the Just Stop Oil um, actions today in Parliament Square in London. And it's just uh, an overreaction. This is a massive overreaction. They should be dealing with the climate crisis itself rather than just thinking of mm -hmm. ways to try and get rid of, of, the, of the protesters because these are just ordinary people in civil disobedience. Um, or just in a march. It's uh, a right that has been hard won and fought for, you know. Uh, most of our rights that we've got that we maybe take for granted these days have, have, have come from uh, marches and things like this, the beginnings of social movements. Uh, mm. So we're going to go into that in a bit more detail in a bit. Yeah, first of all, uh, we're going to see Rachel's clip and then we're going to come back and have a bit of a chat about that. And then we're going to see mm. a clip of another guy called David. So first of all, uh, let's see what happened uh, with Rachel's arrest today in Parliament Square. My name is Rachel. I work at a university and I'm here today because the right to protest is being taken away. And in the middle of a climate crisis, our government doesn't care about us. They're taking away our rights and freedoms and as they're drilling for more oil and gas. They know that this means that people around the world are going to die and they don't care. I'm here today to say that we have a right to protest and we have a right to life. We have a right to a future. All right, well, she, yeah, she's basically just saying everything what we've just said, like, the government are taking away our right to protest. They're arresting people for marching in the streets. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not really, it's not good because one day you might, you might think of, oh, well, those climate change protesters, they don't like me, you know, I don't care about the climate change thing. I think it's all a hoax. I think it's all bullshit. Yeah. Even if you think, think all that, then what's going to happen when they say, I don't know, the government turn around and say, right, we're selling, we're selling the NHS now. Um, uh, and you all go up in arms and you're trying to, trying to protest and they go, oh, no, 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 remember, we made that protesting stuff illegal. So when they take our right, our protest rights that are being taken are your protest rights. And uh, that's something everyone needs to realise. Um, that's right, it's all connected. Um, and well, we all, we're all the same. Yeah. And this is preemptive protesting, a huge amount of protesting is going to come because of the consequences of climate change. A lot of it is going to be ugly and messy uh, to do with the huge refugee crisis uh, that unfortunately is going, to, is going to get worse because of climate change. And whether it is for uh, access to food or water here or a refugee situation or whatever it is, people are, are going to have no other choice but to protest and go into the streets and they'll, you know, realise that they've, you know, tripped themselves up. What's... A bit too late. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So, shall we follow on now with uh, with David's clip? And yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about... Have you got David? Um, yeah. Let's, let's stick him on then. Do you want to tell us what? a bit about how you well, know let's David see, let's first? See the, or... Let's see the, let's see the, see the clip first. Okay. Okay, that's where he comes. This is David's clip from Parliament Square today. UN Secretary General says, we're on a highway to climate hell. 
fossil fuel industry is killing us, killing our future, killing people in the global south now. It's not a future problem, it is here. So they're just um, two examples of the 23 arrests that happened at Parliament Square today. And uh, Josh, David. you actually, uh, yeah, you and David go back quite a bit. Do you want to talk yeah, about do. that? Yeah, we do. We do. We do actually go back. Well, we've just been in court together recently for the Silverstone uh, Formula One. He was, a, he was my co-defendant. Um, he tried to get onto the Formula One track with me. Um, he didn't make it on the track. He got, he got pulled back by some civilians but um yeah what he, what he said about the u.n secretary general is saying we're on the highway to climate hell he's, he's that the u.n secretary general is that, that's the highest diplomatic position in the united nations which is the highest yeah, yeah. Antonio Guterres. Like the, the highest it's the highest diplomatic position in the entire world and he is saying you know well, that, the disaster that we're heading towards, and his video on YouTube, the Secretary General of the United Nations, has got sixteen thousand views in total on the on their website. In on TikTok this week, the TikTok this channel on TikTok with one minute views has had over ten thousand views now. You know that Elvis? I I, I took a calculator and I went around well, and I added them all. all up. Really? Ten thousand. We've had, we've had. We've almost had as many views as as the United Nations YouTube channel with him, with the top 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 man speaking on it. So, yeah. what does that say? The jury has reached a verdict, and it is damning. This report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is a litany of broken climate promises. It is a file of shame, cataloging the empty pledges that put us firmly on track towards an unlivable world. We are on a fast track to climate disaster. This is a climate emergency. Climate scientists warn that we are already perilously close to tipping points that could lead to cascading and irreversible climate impacts. But high-emitting governments and corporations are not just turning a blind eye. They are adding fuel to the flames. They are choking our planet based on their vested interests and historic investments in fossil fuels, when cheaper, renewable solutions provide green jobs, energy security, and greater price stability. Climate activists are sometimes depicted as dangerous radicals. But the truly dangerous radicals are the countries that are increasing the production of fossil fuels. Investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure is moral and economic madness. Such investments will soon be stranded assets, a blot on the landscape, and a blight on investment portfolios. Today's report comes at a time of global turbulence. Inequalities are at unprecedented levels. The recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic is scandalously uneven. Inflation is rising, and the war in Ukraine is causing food and energy prices to skyrocket. But increasing fossil fuel production will only make matters worse. Choices made by countries now will make or break the commitment to 1.5 degrees. A shift to renewables will mend our broken global energy mix and offer hope to millions of people suffering climate impacts today. Climate promises and plans must be turned into reality and action now. It's time to stop burning our planet and start investing in the abundant renewable energy all around us. That, uh, that video you've just seen now, that is the Secretary General of the United Nations, the top guy we've been talking about, and why is his message not on the news? Well, it's not, and that's, again, part of the problem, that the media why not, though? aren't, that's aren't responding. To, if, if they were responding to the climate crisis as much as there were a lot, a lot of other stuff, um, whether it's, you know... Uh, the war in Ukraine, or whether it's, uh, you know, what we've got up and coming with the coronation um, here in the UK, it's just not really getting anywhere near as much coverage as it should. And they really need to be responsible, you know, the same way the government needs to be responsible and um, look out for people and really highlight 
things like the IPCC report and the reaction to the IPCC report by people like Antonio Guterres, absolutely, uh, they should. So here we are, we found ourselves in a position that not only the government are wanting to heed the words of Antonio Guterres, they're willing to legislate against those who were strongly emphasising that he should and, uh, you know, taking out to the streets, literally, and having their right to protest removed. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we still, of course, have other, other people who are involved with Just Stop Oil uh, in, in prison at the moment, not to, yeah, uh, you know. I think um, it's up to nine right now, isn't it? David uh, Nixon, a lot a lot of the people in prison right now, I I, I know them personally. They were yeah. in celebrating with me. David Nixon, Mark Coleman, people like Morgan and Marcus, who we've mentioned previously and uh, go on to mention a little bit more about them further on in this episode, they shouldn't even be spending one day in prison uh, for what they've done. These are no. these these are peaceful people. Uh, they're not violent and they have taken the actions that they've taken because they feel rightly that they don't have any other choice. So, um, yeah, our our thoughts and best wishes go out to to everyone who's in prison at the moment because of their actions against climate change. So, Catherine was an insulate Britain with me. Catherine Renee Nash. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, so Catherine uh, Renee Nash. Um... Morgan Trowland, which is my personal friend. Alison yeah. Lee, who is an absolute fucking legend, one of my close friends. Dick David Nixon, incredibly close. close with These guys are in my block team. Alice David, Alice, Alice Lee, David Nixon, Christian Murray Leslie, uh, and Reverend Mark Coleman were yeah. in my in celebrating with me and most of them there were actually in my block team so they were in my they were the ones in my team who are going out shutting I was shutting down the road with and they yeah. five have repeatedly so David Nixon and Mark yeah. Coleman were on my first um, action as well well just stop oil <clears throat> yeah so let's move yeah. let's move on a bit now uh, go back to um, yeah last weekend uh, with the big rally and march for Morgan and Marcus, because I guess that mm. ties in with what we're saying just there. Um, I'm going to put a couple of clips in here of uh, a couple of the testimonies um, that we heard from uh, someone who has spent a lot of time with him in Just Up Oil as well. Um, it's so important to be at this site just you know, just a stone's throw from Westminster and also down the line to you, Morgan, sat in prison. And there's a direct line here between your imprisonment and this building. And that is because you are political prisoners. You have been imprisoned for demanding that the government just stops oil. It's such a simple and clear demand. But instead of conceding to the demand of ordinary people standing up, and instead of listening to the words of all of the world's scientists, the government has chosen to try to silence us with oppressive, draconian and anti-democratic laws. Shame on them! In the face of this horror, will you resist? In the face of this horror and this absolute lies, we will continue to tell the truth. In the face of these oppressive laws, we will continue to resist. We will continue to slow march around the sweet streets of London until this government makes a clear and solid statement that they will just stop oil. So, amazing scenes to see people gathering and showing solidarity. For Morgan and Marcus on last Saturday, uh, right in the heart of London, and um, that's what we need to see more of, really. You know, people coming together and, and highlighting these cases. So then, a really sort of 
important part of the day was when we met up with the Black Lives Matter rally as well. And that sort of doubled the numbers of the of of the march that we were on. Morgan and Marcus uh, were always uh, greatly aware of um, um, the problems in the United Kingdom with racism. And um, obviously there have been a, a lot of cases recently uh, in the story about unfortunate cases of racism within the Metropolitan Police. Um, and they were there to highlight that. It was really important when we came together uh, because Morgan and Marcus were uh, such great followers of uh, Black Lives Matter and then further down in, into Whitehall. So can we see these can we see these clips? Yeah. Yeah. These are coming up uh, just now. We all know why we're here today. Because our government is so scared by the power of ordinary people, scared by our power that they feel the need to try and scare us, punish us, even imprison us. I was sent to prison. Last November, I climbed a gantry above the M25, caused a bit of traffic, and was remanded to Bronzefield Prison for eight days. I am not a criminal. There are currently eight political prisoners in the UK right now. And just one week ago, our friends Marcus and Morgan were sentenced to two years, seven months, and three years respectively in prison for non-violently fighting for a future, for our lives. They climbed the QE2 bridge in an act of self-defense against this genocidal government who continue to accelerate us towards climate disaster, civilizational collapse, and human extinction. Organizing consistently, consistently. But it can't just be liberal, more black CEOs. It can't be having more Asian or black MPs. We need to recognize that this xenophobia, this racism that we're seeing has its roots in capitalism. So if you care about migrants, if you care about the climate crisis, if you care about Palestinian lives, then get involved and organize be an anti-capitalist, be an anti-racist, but most of all, be a socialist. Because it's not enough to be not racist, you need to be anti-racist. And to be anti-racist, you must be an anti-capitalist. So solidarity, Black Lives Matter, and workers of the world, wherever you're from, whether you're a refugee from Iraq, whether you're a refugee from Afghanistan, whether you're an immigrant from Africa, whether you were born and bred here, unite and tear down this racist capitalist system. And that's something that has to keep happening, you know, organisations coming together, organisations working together, uh, because the oppression that we're getting as well from the, from the police force uh, are all the same. Black Lives Matter have a mm. great network of teams uh, keep the eye out for racism uh, within uh, the police and it's just really great to see everyone coming together and we're all victims of the same sort of legislation you know um, so let's keep that up let's keep that up what do you think about um, these sort of coalitions and coming together of organisations? Well, it's absolutely crucial. I mean, we're not going to win unless we do that. We need to unite together in, like, into one... I've said it many times before on the podcast, we, I think we need to unite together into one movement. We need to become one big movement that stands for all its members. Absolutely, you know, yeah. We need to be the... We need to be... We, we all need to be non-violent uh, for, for a start and we need to be there for Black Lives Matter and we, all, we need to be there for Animal Rebellion and we need to be there for, for, for the social justice causes, really. Um, that, that, you know, insulate Britain. I'm sure we could all do with some free insulation from the government. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can, we, can, we can concede. We can get our government to concede on a lot of things if we apply enough pressure, you know, absolutely, 
Absolutely. And that pressure's got to be applied simultaneously and in the same direction. Across the board. Yeah, across the board. Yeah. Really is. Uh... More than that as well, though, we need to... We need to like study the movements of the past, the previous movements that uh, that that rose up with millions of people and then collapsed into nothing. We need to study like how that happened and how the state handles uh, grassroots movements and how they destabilize grassroots movements. And we need to be recognizing that there are forces within states that specialise in destabilising and disrupting and destroying grassroots movements. And we need to be actively working against that. So it's not just mm-hmm. as simple as we you know, build it and they will come. We're going to have to be really clever now because the future, the future of, our, of, of, of the human race rests in the, in the, in the, in the balance, really. Yeah, it really does. Uh, this is such an important time in history. And we keep we keep saying this. We've said this in a few episodes so far. It's important to be on the right side of history, and I know that I, for one, definitely want to be on the right side of history. However, many tipping points we managed to prevent from uh, coming to pass, and our rights are just so mm-hmm. important um, that that can't be emphasised enough. Just how important it is, and yeah, this country. Uh, has had its fights and its struggles before. You can't take your eye off, <clears throat> you know, these <clears throat> these politicians, uh, these right wing politicians who just want to label us as lefty walkerati or whatever the latest uh, syntax that they're trying to come up with. Uh, well, walk is the latest one in this fake culture war. So anything Dude, that conservatives I'm... don't like is walk, you know. Uh, anything that's anti-racist is woke, um, and so on and so forth. Caring for each other um, is you know, the fact that they're trying to make empathy uh, outright. You know, people should be ashamed for having empathy. Uh, according to them, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, who, who should be ashamed? Why well, don't? But where's this come from? Well, just the thing that the Conservatives... Could you, could you explain cost, a bit more? I'll just, yeah, sorry, just to explain a little bit more about that. Uh, basically, for the next election, the Conservatives and the hard right, they don't have a Brexit to sell. So they're having to clutch at straws. Obviously, a lot of people are really upset with the government for many reasons at the moment. For them to sort of have something to sort of grasp to and sell and also to appeal to some, let's say, less than savoury people on the right wing. They're cooking up this this phony culture war, this us and them uh, sort of divide and rule kind of thing. So uh, anyone who's involved in protest uh, is woke, um, you know, not including racist language on repeats of uh, 70s, uh, situation comedies is woke you know this this kind of thing and it's just getting beyond ridiculous now so anything that they don't like they just sort of have this label and they they, they pointed it and say oh that that's woke but they're just trying to brew up all this all this hate and yeah division uh whereas what we need is you know more people coming together uh coming together as one like we like we said a few times and that's, yeah, that's, I saw um, I saw a very interesting like thing on the internet, a picture that has described that very well. Uh, it's a metaphor saying like, if you get a glass jar and you go around the garden and you collect ten red ants and ten black ants and you put them in the jar together, they'll they'll go around each other and tend to ignore each other. But if you shake the jar, then all of a sudden the ants start fighting and killing each other. Yeah. Because the black ants think that the red ants uh, shut the jar, and the, and the red ants thought the black ants shut the jar, and the two sides are fighting now, fighting each other. But the question is, really, they should be they should be asking who shook the jar and why. You know? Exactly, exactly, and um... stop fighting against your common man. Stop fighting against immigrants. Stop fighting against people that want to be assigned to a different gender. Stop fighting against people 
who are, who are standing up for climate change or people who want to get vaccinated or people who don't want to get vaccinated. We mm. are all the same people. Mm. Like, one thing, one thing all... I forgot to mention earlier um, about this language, this right-wing language, this syntax, is that they've taken... Uh, do you remember we used to say that things were progressive, you know, in politics, and they just don't want to say that they're anti-progressive, so they cling to this word, walk, which now they think if you label as walk, that should somehow be an embarrassment. Um, the origins of the word come mm. from uh, the the suburbs and, and ghettos of America, where uh, African Americans were basically you saying be alert, be alert for racism on the streets and in the police and uh, even in the education system um, and just be alert and that was that was decades ago and now it's now it's come to be appropriated uh, by the right wing as some sort of um, some something that people should be embarrassed by but also to re replace or that's not Can really I tell you where I came across the first... To, to shield the right, fact that they're anti-progressive, basically, yeah. Go ahead. Where I came across the word woke, I originally thought it came to mean, the meaning was, um, oh, woke meant you realise that the, that the governments and the corporations and the news are all bought and the narrative and they're all feeding you bullshit. Yeah. I thought that was woke. I thought that really is once you realise well, it's, it's, it's the world's biggest con. Yeah. It's the it's the world's biggest con. The financial banking system is the world's biggest con. And your election is an illusion because you've only got two parties to choose between and both parties control the same you know, abide by the same interests of the corporations. That's right. That's what I thought woke meant. That's what that's that that should be the meaning of woke. Exactly, exactly. So it's almost been appropriated, uh, like I said, or they're trying to appropriate it. And you'll just keep hearing it more and more and more. Um, and it, it's, it's just got to stop. It's just got to stop. It's ridiculous. It's not only childish, um, but it, it detracts from the conversation as well, the, the conversation that we should be having. And that's what they want. You know, this is what the uh, the people on the right want, and what the Conservative government, Rishi Sunak mm. and Swallow Bravement want. Um, I think we should. Can be... I tell you? Can I tell you about? Um... Sorry, go on. No, it's. I was it's gonna... Today, uh, I've been doing my unpaid work. So, uh, a community service, community payback. Yeah, <laughs> you posted a few it's short actually... videos about that on the page so it's tell actually, us a bit more about that it's actually pretty shit <laughs> uh, I'm not lie. but it's pretty funny because you have like 10-15 lads all standing around doing nothing uh, spending half your time in the brew room uh, but they're very strict about your phone so I've been like trying to grow the twitter for this pro this, this this podcast on my phone I'm getting told yeah. off for my uh, being on my phone but something interesting happened today because uh, I was on. I had this wireless earpiece in my ear, and I was uh, on the phone to my girlfriend, and I, I was kind of. I've been on. I've been on it for quite some time, and I let on to a couple of the other lads I was working with that I was on the phone. I said, "I'm on the phone, just to give us a minute." And um, thirty seconds later, their fucking slave driver runs over and says, "Are you on your phone? Have you got an earpiece in?" Right. And I said, "Well." Eventually, I say, I say, yeah, look, and he goes, take it out. I said, look, I'm on the phone with my partner. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a child. And he went, take it out now. And I just went, no. <laughs> I went, right, get your shit and fuck off, basically. You know, you be, you're not in for you, you're sending your own for day. And I was like, right, I'll take it out, fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just felt like a, treated like a fucking kid. Um, I mean, I'm still gonna. Oh, by the way. Um, I don't, they have the orange vests community payback <laughs> so <laughs> so you know what I've been doing don't you you can't win you know yeah. you you do yeah. it your way yeah. you end up in an orange vest you do it their way you end up in an orange vest it's well, well that's not where I was what going with do? it I was saying um, 
Well, it says community payback. I'm thinking about, I'm, I've been taking one vest a day and I'm going to write in black paint, uh, being um, my, the word my, and then the community payback. So my community payback is being part of Just Stop Oil and then turning all the community payback uh, vests into Just Stop Oil vests. Yeah, it should be mandatory, you know. Um, everyone goes and does a slow got... march. Well, yeah, <laughs> we should we should have like some some community payback uh, vests with just a pile on it because I think it'd be quite funny. Yeah, it's like, it's, I... like, it's like printing just a pile on, on police station. So when you get like um, when you get arrested, if you're cold in a cell, you can ask for a jumper and they usually let you keep it. So like, we I've I've got like fucking four police issue jumpers. And it's like it's like printing insulate Britain on a police issue jumper. It's like it's priceless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man. So how much more have you? How much uh, longer have you got uh, on that? Oh, it's going to take me all year to do it. If I do one, one, I've got one hundred and twenty hours, and I've done twelve hours. Okay. Well, you know, don't let it. Don't let it grind you down, because obviously that's, that's well. I don't. I don't. They want. I don't let it grind me down. Yeah. A lot of the lads don't do any work, and they're all kind of like lounging around the place. Yeah. I've worked in construction for years, so I just pick up a shovel and a wheelbarrow and start cracking on. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Oh man. Well. Hope you get through it all okay and. Um, yeah, oh, it's alright. I'm gonna. I'm, oh, by the way, I'm gonna. I'm, next week, I've arranged. I'm gonna be interviewing one of my. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing one of the um, other workers and I'm going to take the tripod in and we're going to record an episode like behind the back of the football stadium whilst the manager's not looking. <laughs> and yeah. they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, I'm having them on because they, they, they adamantly disagree with me. And I think we should have people who disagree with us on the podcast occasionally to, um, you know, so it's not all people that agree with us. Right. Because uh, so... the kinds of arguments. Like, the kinds of arguments these guys are putting to me, the points, would probably be the kinds of arguments that the average person would put to you Don't know, doesn't know anything about the climate. Because these guys don't know anything about the climate. I'm, I'm not trying to degrade them and say they, 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 they're not intelligent. They've, you know, they've obviously got different interests, and they're interested in cars and things and other stuff like that, and they are intelligent in their, own, in their own fields. But in this field, they're, they're vastly un, un, unaware about the climate. So they say... Like, um, I should go live in a, you know, the usual thing. Why don't you go live in a forest and drink out of a stream then? If, so, you're, so you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're producing carbon. And I'm saying to them, like, you know, the climate crisis, if the climate crisis was a house fire, right? Going vegan, it, even though it does help, it's like getting a thimble of water and throwing it through the, the window into the flames. Mm. It is a step in the right direction, but overall... It's not really going to change anything. You need, even if like twenty percent of twenty percent of everyone were vegan, you might be throwing like a few buckets of water into a house fire. Yeah. We need like top down one hundred percent. Like, I'm I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm quite sad to say this, you know, but to get to meet the climate stuff that we actually need to to meet, to get the entire planet to be carbon negative in a short period of time. I actually think we're going to end up losing some freedoms. Like, how would you... i ask you the question, Elvis. How would you feel if... Um, how would you feel if, say, we got our own way and now all of a sudden you're not allowed to own a petrol car? It's illegal. You're not allowed to own, buy petrol. It's illegal. You're not allowed to have a coal stove. It's illegal. You're not allowed to chop down a tree. It's illegal. You're not allowed to um, raise animal livestock anymore because it's illegal. Like those are those are human those are freedoms that we will have because there's going to be some people who say, "Well, I'm not stop eating meat, and I'm not going to stop burning fossil fuels, and I'm not going to stop this." And you've got to be like, "Well, it's a law now, so you know." How do you how do you feel about that? Well, it's like you said. Um... We brought it up a few times. It's it's got to come from the top down. It's system change, not people change. Yet again, here we are saying it, and to suddenly halt. You know, the long the longer you wait, 
to um, integrate into um, a, a new form of society, the more the more problems you have, you know, to just immediately cut something off from having it on one day to not having it another causes, you know, severe havoc. severe social impacts. Yeah, causes havoc. Yeah, uh, whether it's you know for the right reasons or not, and things like this um, do have to come from the top down because at the end of the day there are. Uh, elected, uh, you know, leaders. So, or, you know, they're at least supposed to be responsible for us, or act like they are. And um, it, it's just not quick enough. It's just, well, it's it's not even happening in the right direction. Why? So not happening at all. So, you know, if you've implemented, if if someone like me or you came along now and implemented these radical changes that were just turn the economy on its head, the yeah. economy would probably tank, right? So you'd have to, what you'd have to, well, you'd have to do is, you obviously try and create the new economy where people transition up to building green energy and you'd, you'd have to like have green concrete that, that's carbon negative that exists now and mass produce a shit ton of that and produce windmills and everything. But you, I think we should try and meet the basic needs of everybody like free food for example we could say if the economy collapsed we could end the animal agriculture industry and keep the farming going pay them and then produce um endless amounts of vegan food because we don't, we're not paying we're not feeding the cattle anymore did i mean yeah we would have an abundance of of grain if we stopped produce, producing beef like more than we could possibly use yeah so we the could solutions make food. are there the solutions are there they're just not being implemented and when if we ended the, the production of beef we could make we could make uh corn and vegan food free for everybody mm. with the sheer, sheer amount of it yeah it's all over the place and these are just the sort of things that we need to get in quickly and we're on this you know clock now we're on this timer and the clock's ticking away and the government has sat on their hands, and that's why, you know. Well, they're not. They're, they're, they're not sat on their hands. They're actively. No, they're running laughing to the bank. Arrested. They're running laughing to the bank, yeah, but in terms of uh, moving to renewables, that's why, um, you know, these 23 people today and many other people have decided that they're going to put their lives on the line and, and they've had enough. And this is going to keep going on weeks and months in London um, the government have reacted the way that they have and that's not really going to make organisations like Just Stop Oil take the foot off the gas um, mm. and already you know a lot of other people are getting involved over 2,000 people have signed up you know I was um, I was there for four days I managed to sign up you know dozens scores of people uh, myself personally which I'm pretty proud of it's good to see mm -hmm. you know new people coming to you and saying oh I do want to get involved I do want to make a difference and people are opening their eyes now as to what just up all they're about and that we're not you know trying to stop people using coconut oil or having olive oil in the diet and all these other ludicrous things that we've mentioned before uh, that people uh, seem to seem to sort of uh, get wrong about us when when they read the name Just Up Oil. So, um, Elvis, yeah, yeah, Josh. Um, did you see the latest video that I put on uh, today for TikTok? When people say to me that you can't do something about the climate crisis, you're too small, you're never going to get the government to change its policy, then I say to them, if you had met Gandhi as a young man and he told you that he was going to create the largest non-violent movement in the history of mankind, that he was going to drive the British out of India, despite that they'd enforce their rule of violence for over a hundred years and had no intention of ever leaving, then that would have seemed completely unrealistic. But it happened anyway. Sometimes in history, the impossible can happen. And I am telling you now that we, just a pile, Extinction Rebellion and the rest of us are going to 
to force the UK government to take an action on the climate emergency. We're going to force them to stop drilling for new oil and gas. People will look back on this in decades from now and marvel how once again seemingly impossible and unrealistic was pulled off against all odds. Yeah, so uh, that that uh, video I released this morning, and it was my first goal of that's a speech that I wrote in prison, and that's a speech that I delivered in Parliament Square. But I've I've uh, recited it there with some Hans Zimmer music playing over it, and I feel like it has a very adding music to a speech adds a very uh, adds meaning, adds some power to the words. I think. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a really good clip. Just as long as because um, we had a uh, copyright thing with the Ham Zimmerman on on YouTube. Well, it was on a, <laughs> it was it was on TikTok anyway. So I mean, um, I, I oh, used the TikTok video editor to put it together. Right, if it was on the editor, then then that's okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and check out our Twitter and. Uh, Facebook as well for anybody who's into yeah. your, your social media bits we've got a few bits on there and um, yeah check us out we're going to be posting little tidbits there and uh, Josh is going to be keeping you up to date with his uh, community service um, videos well, I'm, going to, I'm going to try and record an episode in the most doing it awesome right uh, pretty interesting okay uh, where were we? Oh yeah, I was talking about all the, all the new people getting involved in uh, London and everything, which was brilliant to see, and uh, that's that's going to carry on. A lot of people who are going with these regions, um, it's going to be the first time that they've done stuff with just stop oil or even like any any kind of marches or demonstrating or civil disobedience at all. Um, and then while I was down there, I'd uh, I had my day in court um, mm. at, at Stratford. Have you ever been to Stratford before, Josh? I'm sure I had court dates at Stratford. I, I didn't go to them, though. Right. I'm still there. Yeah. Um, well, so what, what was that for then? What, what, uh... That was for um, an arrest in Parliament Square last uh, October. It was on October the 4th. And, were and what was he arrested for? That was for willful obstruction of the public highway, uh, which is quite a common one in Just Stop Oil. Um, sitting in the road, basically, uh, for those who aren't familiar mm. with, with the legislation. Um, there were 54 yeah. people arrested on that, on that day, on that action, in the different streets leading up to Parliament Square itself. And um, I was one of them, so... Um, we've been seen in dribs and drabs. Quite a few people had already had the plea hearings before I went uh, to Stratford, and uh, I'm going to be back uh, for for a trial. That's in January of next year, in 2024. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Pled not guilty, um, obviously, under my you know under the European Convention of Human Rights and. Um, also, um, with the with the Ziegler case, which um, we, we won't go into in detail now, but um, that's a that's a common form of defence for a, a lot of those uh, of us who. Yeah, the judges keep shooting those shooting those down, though, don't they? They they do they do it. It varies from court to court, uh, but we'll see. You know, uh, we'll we'll have our day in court, and uh, yeah, that's something I'll keep people po uh, posted with next year hopefully um, and well uh, obviously you, you've been in court a few times yourself Ooh, actually <laughs> you see this this book is I I, thought I had this in court with me for um, a few weeks and actually it made notes in here about um, what, it was, what was happening in court yeah, and I was reading. I was reading a bit of it the other day, and it's just really. I was because I remember being really moved in the court 
And I just want to read a little bit to you from um, from this. I just came across the other day. Yeah, go ahead. So this is in the uh, Silverstone case, and Bethany is a mother of four boys. She's got four children. Um, so it says, day seven in court. I'm currently listening to Beth give evidence on the stand. Beth is a mother of four. She's doing this for her children. She's so incredibly brave on a level I struggle to even put into words. She's risking her life and her freedom to safeguard this world for her children. Seeing her on the stand being so emotional makes me tear up and cry. I try to... I try not to let it show to the jury, but I don't think it was possible to hide. I love the bravery of these. I love the bravery of these people. Like, I remember that day. Like, Bethany got on the stand to give evidence, and she was crying, not because she was in court, or because she was being punished, or she was being seen as a criminal, but because she's got four children, and those children, she knows. Are gonna not have a have a, a livable planet. They're gonna have a horrendous, a horrendous time. And she was feeling that, and she was feeling her reasons why she was doing that. And we all we all got emotional watching her. I wish I'd been able to do this podcast all the way through, since I got let out of prison. But I was banned from talking about protesting, so I couldn't. Yeah. There's a lot I could talk about about. Um, yeah, but I could. I should have been podcasting all the way through that. To be honest, that was a pretty cool. It was an interesting trial anyway. The F one case. Bloody hell, we had yeah, um, we had a the prosecution, uh, Mr. Jones. It was a proper straight lace, straight cut, you know, barrister who's like do you like this typical evil barrister who's I don't yeah. think he's evil, but he's fucking seems evil to me. And he's got he's good at his job. Yeah. Uh this funny thing about this Mr. Jones is the bar- the, he's putting Louis in prison twice already. The same, the same prosecution barrister. Ah. Uh. So Louis like, oh, he's just Mr. Jones again. He's put me in prison twice. Oh man, can't share another thing about that that trial that was really difficult. Was um, I was uh, I was in the stand with my co-defendants, Emily and Louis and David and Bethany, and Al, and. I was not allowed to talk to them. I was not allowed to acknowledge them or talk to them at all, even though I was sat next to them. Mate. That's crazy. That was rough, that. Yeah. That was really difficult. Can you imagine sitting next to five of your best mates and for like seven hours a day, every day for three weeks, and if you speak to them, you go to prison. And you're going through some real difficult shit at the same time. No, I can't imagine. Mate, that's really fucking horrendous, that. I, I, on the first day, on the first day, like, yeah. I, I'm really, oh. I, I feel really close with, with Louis and Emily, because I've been through quite a lot with them both, and mm. on the first day, I've sat Emily and Louis on each side of me, like this, and they're talking past me, and I can't even look at them or acknowledge them, and I felt, I actually felt like I wanted to cry, to be honest, at that moment, and like, I, I was dying inside, because I just wanted to give them a big hug. I'd not seen them proper. I'd not seen them in months, and I couldn't even like be seen to commu- communicate with them anyway. Even though they could all talk to each other, yeah, it's pretty fucking tight to be honest. Um, but I asked my barrister if I could get moved to the very ed- very corner of the room, so at least I wasn't like sat in fucking between them. Yeah, and that made it a bit easier. And then after like after like two weeks of like being sit- sitting with my best friends and not being able to talk to them. They started to feel like strangers. You know, when you're like on a train and stuff, and there's like strangers in front of you, and they're all talking to each other. Yeah. And you just you you don't you don't think about talking to them, do you? And joining in the conversation. Mm. It was like I was in a box with like a couple of, uh, like five strangers, to be honest. After after three weeks. It must be so surreal. And then when it ended, I turned around and went, "Hello, it's nice to talk to you." And yeah. I think at one point, Emily, like, I think on the day that all got lifted, I was in the pub with Emily. I'm trying to talk to Emily, 
And she's like, look, I don't have the energy to talk to you right now. And Emily, for the love of God, I've been stood next to you for three fucking weeks, unable to say a word to you. Can you just give me a fucking minute, please? And she's like, fair point. Oh, God. Man, that was fucked. So fucking tight, that. Evil motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. But this book is full of speeches and um, stuff that I brought in. Oh, your book, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Um, well, we've gone way over the hour now because of uh, you know we've put quite a few clips into this episode. So um, yeah, we'll more or less start to wrap it up uh, for this episode. We've just got mm. a quick plug to do. We've got a little announcement to make, and it's a great way that you can help out support the channel um, on Patreon. We've uh, just got our Patreon account sorted there are links in the descriptions for the videos uh two packages we've got a three dollars a month and ten dollars a month uh, various benefits including exclusive mm. content and uh, shout outs at the end of the episode so josh i've got an idea so for the exclusive content part of it i will uh my writings i was in court when i was in the moment there's a lot it's, it's quite raw material but um I'll, I'm what I've been meaning to turn it into into video speeches, and um, what I'll do, what we'll do is we'll put all the raw uh, footage in the um, in the Patreon, and we'll also make a behind the scenes as well of uh, how we got started with this podcast and how, all the yeah the, awesome. the behind the scenes stuff that everyone else yeah. wanted to see. So plenty of advantages uh, from helping to support us on. On Patreon, and uh, we really do appreciate it because we're a, a really it's, brand it's, new it's channel. It's more than that as well. It's, it's more than that as well. Like yeah. we want to be able to get some proper recording equipment, and we yeah, want to be it goes able a to long way towards supporting us and our tech. And uh, mm. do you just want to give a final shout out for our other social media, Josh, before we wrap this one up? Yeah, so we've we've got TikTok, but TikTok's doing you know ten thousand views and so on, so that doesn't need much help. We've got the Facebook and the Twitter, which are mainly just for sharing these videos out. Um, I want to expand to Rumble, which is a another version of YouTube, and really kind of spread out. So, so far it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok are the awesome. main ones. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, we're going to keep our eye on uh, these ongoing actions down in London, especially the government and police's reaction to them so keep your eye out for another episode uh, coming soon here on youtube and all our other little bits on social media so uh for this episode that's it from activism uncensored uh take care everyone and check out the links and get involved i, I love you all we love I, you I all say to, i just, what, what i want to say yes you beautiful amazing incredible human beings i love you all yeah okay see you soon